Hello, everybody. I'm Clay Brees, and this is The Point. We unpack the objective truth. This distinct blue-chip discussion, folks, is for all of Southeast Pennsylvania and the Delaware Valley. The Point is the place to be for compelling, distinct discussion not heard anywhere else. We supremely uncover the details, and we expose the hidden facts of the initiatives being supported by our lawmakers and the candidates that we have running for office. We also discuss developments and the milestones that are not being thoroughly reported by the propaganda fake fake news every day. Folks, thank you so much for being with us today. We really are appreciative of that. We have become, I think, your oasis of truth, and we are a beacon for all truth seekers to turn to and for an explanation to the unexplainable. And in times of political upheaval and turmoil, we do unpack the truth in a way that does pack a punch. I want to discuss a little bit about what happens if the left extremists get into power. And I guess we're going to have a lot of discussion on that a little bit here going into this. I should say we're going to start off the discussion today on that. We know that they're going to launch a full-scale assault on, on, on middle-class middle America. We know that. You know, they want to defund the police, and Biden will not be able to stand up to these vindictive anarchists. He just won't be able to do it. They'll call out people they don't agree with by calling them names. They'll, they'll want to shut down our religious liberty. They'll want to challenge and change our private property rights. They want to subsidize abortions. They want to take away our Second Amendment. They will eliminate private health care. They want to ban efficient, effective fuels. They want to stack the Supreme Court. They want to eliminate the Electoral College. They want to allow vote harvesting, and they want to raise your taxes. So I guess what they're trying to do is get all the bad ideas into one place. And I guess if you go to Seattle, you can find all those bad ideas in one place in that community that they call CHOP that they really don't want to leave. <laughs> But, you know, look, Biden is, is a very willing Trojan horse for socialism. I don't want to miss that. You see, we don't need lectures from a guy who hasn't solved any problems or, is, or, or who's, you know, who failed to help out anybody in anybody's lives and making them better by any public policy that he put into place. Look, all the jobs and supply chains that Obama and Biden offshored are coming home now. That's a fact. Now, there's a significant difference and contrast between Biden, Biden and Trump. There really is. Trump supports the sanctity of life. Biden does not. Trump support, supports borders and border security. Biden does not. Trump's judicial appointments will preserve our traditions and constructs with constitutionalists on the courts that will protect our way of life and our pursuit of our happiness, Biden will appoint activist judges who will see to it that they allow activist governors and other lawmakers to get away with their selective law breaking. Trump supports education, real education challenges, changes, I should say. Trump supports school choice. I think that is uh, something I've, I mean, I'm a firm believer in. Uh, your zip code should not determine 
where you go to school, okay? It's where your parents want to be able to take you and want to take you and where they're able to take you. And, and Biden, of course, wants to protect the current system, this, this current bureaucratic system. And here in Pennsylvania, where we got 500 school districts. You know, Biden wants to preserve this failed education system we currently have, not just in PA, but across the country. And I say failed because our academics have fallen down to about 35th on planet Earth when we used to be top top five on planet Earth. Used to be that the engineers all came from, the doctors all came from this country. Now they're coming from countries that don't have common core and don't have a bloated bureaucratic nightmare at the top of education. Biden wants to, wants to support a system that doesn't support academic achievement, but instead supports those who will get him or he thinks will get him or he and, and his other activist friends in Washington, his other Democrat activist friends, elected to office. This is what they all do it for. They do it because they want to get from these politicians uh, these favors back. It's the, it's the quintessential quid pro quo. That's what Biden supports with education. Trump does not. Trump wants education to be available for everybody in this country, a good education, and he wants school choice to ensure that happens. And that's just a fact. I mean, the, the bureaucrats in Washington are going to have to write the, write the rules and change the rules and laws that make it an, an amicable system, but they can rewrite it if they're given direction to do it. And with law and order, folks, we know, and I think middle class America knows, and I believe that the silent majority knows that Trump will restore law and order and Biden will not. Biden will not deliver the calm that he claims or many suburban moms claim or think that he might. Fact, fact, folks, the opposite is true. The Democrats and Biden have become the party of chaos, disorder and lawlessness. Biden himself is helpless against those that hate our history and our way of life. Folks, we do have a call to order right now. We do. Why? Because we seem to be we seem to be moving toward mob rule. And, you know, we can learn from our country's founders. We, we need to look at, at how this country was founded and why, why it was put together the way it was and what makes it special. There's so much at stake here, folks. There's so much at stake. And I think, I mean, I, I mean, I see some some Republican lawmakers seemingly looking like a, like a herd of water buffaloes that are looking at a herd of lions that are surrounding them and hoping that they're not the one that's going to get devoured. I think they need to, they, they're forgetting that they have immense power themselves behind them and they can scatter those lions. I think that we need Republicans to pull together right now and, and just fight for good, fight for truth and fight and work for law and order. And that's what we need to be all about right now. You know, I, 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 I think some of these people, I think that uh, some of these Republicans are just seemingly hoping that this disorder is just going to end miraculously and they don't have to take any action, but they're going to have to. I mean, they're going to have to stand for truth and justice and the American way. They're going to have to they're going to have to stand for what's what's right. They're going to have to do what's right. They need to go after the people who are directing this anarchy. And, that, and that's what really needs to happen. I think they need to they need to indict people. They need to cut off federal funds to states that allow this to reign, this anarchy to reign. 
look, the middle class is terrified and and will I believe I believe the middle class will vote for law and order. I believe this fear of retaliation that is trying to be put in well, it is being put into people and it's being put into their psyche. I think this fear of retaliation affects how these people interact with pollsters too. And some of the fake polls that they've got out there right now are just unbelievable. Uh, you know, they, they know it's they know they're phony as well. I think, you know, they, they just like the fact that they're being put out there because they believe it's steering a narrative. But they don't realize that half this country doesn't believe those polls. And the other half aren't sure about them either. Most people just don't believe. Look, the silent majority will come out for law and order, as I'm said. I'm convinced of this. And I think, you know, we, we, we have to look at the fact that these anarchists were created in the universities. You see, this is where love of country is being sold for a globalist utopia. You know, we're twisting this into the heads of our young people in universities. Don't miss this. We're destroying a sense of order in our country with this attack from a tyrannous left, a tyranny. And it it just, it's just this attack from, from this, from, from these very, uh, well, from these mean people, from these evil people. Businesses are being burnt down. Historic statues are being defaced. Law enforcement's being defamed. People are afraid to breathe without a mask, and people are being are feeling afraid to express their love of country. I think that's that's what's more amazing and astonishing to me than anything else. You actually have people that are afraid to express their love of country. Folks, we have to stand by our country and not let our love of country be, be diminished at all. We are seeing people come forward with this twisted view of service to country and service to fellow man, this twisted view of service to fellow man. And as a result of these twisted views, they we've seen a shrinking from real service and Basically, these they've resorted to name-calling and, and even threats. Look, tyranny is not easily conquered. I mean, we know that from history. But with difficult trials come everlasting reward. The God-fearing people know that freedom and liberty are God-breathed and God-created. We, therefore, find it threatening when both freedom and liberty are not highly rated or viewed as ill-gotten gains by some. I mean, we, we do. We find that we find that threatening. And that's what concerns us. See, when freedom and liberty are viewed as insignificant, fleeting, and and yes, if, they, if they're viewed as wrongly achieved, then they're going to be held in low esteem and viewed cheaply. Freedom and liberty must be seen as inherently given by God to this very special nation. And we must see our nation as significant as a significant event in history and therefore a very special nation indeed. Folks, that which we hold in high value, we see a high cost associated with that. And therefore we'll hold those truths in high esteem and celebrate our heroes once again. We're going to see that, folks because we're going to win this election. 
because we understand, the middle class understands, and the, the silent majority understands, law and order are not in the Democrat vocabulary. See, the Democrats seem to be taking, taking the side of looters, the side of vandals, the side of criminals, the side of, they seem to be taking up and siding with Marxist extremists who are all the enemies of free market capitalism. You know, we're seeing our cities under siege. I think this is very telling as well. Bill de Blasio, the New York City mayor and former Democrat presidential candidate, I want to stress that, because Bill de Blasio is a Democrat. He's a Marxist. If you look at the history on Bill de Blasio and where he came from, how he was elected. See, Bill de Blasio got elected because the media malpracticing, malpractice was so deafening, I should say so blinding, and deafening because there was nothing said. I mean, Bill de Blasio's Marxist history was not revealed to the people of New York. He was painted up as some, you know, noble hero of, of the middle class. And, and trust me, folks, he isn't. Okay? He isn't. Now, he's failing to police. He's failing to police, and he's also failing to police the streets. And he's instead allowing these streets and buildings to be damaged with graffiti and other building property damage, as well as the police to be harassed, attacked. He's a, he's threatening to defund the police in New York. And and it, what's amazing and hor horrific about all of this is he's putting the citizens of New York at risk. You know, he eradicated the plain clothes unit, folks. I mean, he eradicated it. It's no more there. It's no longer there. Crime is doubling as disorder crimes and property damage crimes are being overlooked and allowed to take place. Okay, we're seeing 911 calls increase tremendously, like being like five, ten times what they normally are. Shootings are up. Murders are up. Violent, cr violent crime is up. Assault is up. Imagine yourself being a person that just had your car stolen. You call the police. Call 911. They say, this is not a 911 call. You need to call the precinct directly on this. You know, imagine that happening. I mean, you call 911, say, you know, to, to report a crime against your property, which, by the way, is an extension of you. I mean, it is. Property crime isn't as serious as physical, you know, crime against you, but but it is an extension of you. So your pursuit of your happiness is being challenged when your car is stolen. And yet that is uh, they're, they're changing these these calls. I mean, you try to call 911. The response time in New York is unbelievably long now. I mean, crime is going up. I mean, look at Chicago. Chicago's another city. They have over 12 killings every weekend, hundreds of shootings and tens of thousands of 911 calls every weekend. Uh, recently, there was a, uh, a two-year-old child that was killed in a car seat with his, with his parents as they were leaving the laundromat. That's right. Leaving the laundromat, some stray bullets hit this car and this little kid got killed. This is going on in Chicago. And the Democrat mayor of Chicago isn't doing anything about it. If, if our people want to see what a Marxist utopia looks like, look no further than New York City. Chicago, Seattle, or any of these big cities right now where crime is reigning. 
Crime is crime is ticking up in every city, or I should say, increasing significantly in every major city. It's really interesting. You know, it's it's like I said. You know, when protesters go to a community to try to protest the community, they usually get with law enforcement to get the permits. Well, law enforcement sets the tone right there and then. So I'll give you for instance when they go to a small town where you actually have a middle class American trying to protect his community, doing his sworn duty of protecting the Constitution and serving the public and protecting and serving the public. That individual looks at those protesters and say, you have a right to protest, and that's great. I'm going to be over in this park, or you'll be over here in this on these streets or wherever they put them. But they also tell the protesters, if any bad occurs, any property damage or any personal injury occurs, that those people, those organizers will be held personally accountable. Of course, that does set the tone. And then, of course, you have a peaceful protest, which is okay. But when those protesters went to Seattle, okay, or Washington, D.C., or Chicago, or New York City, or any of these other cities, they're not, they're not hearing the same from the city leaders. As a matter of fact, they're being encouraged to, uh, to disrupt peace. <laughs> I mean, they really are. They're being just—they're being encouraged to disrupt law and order. I mean, they're being encouraged to do it. And but the interesting thing is, the Democrats don't have that kind of control. So what's happening is these people get out of control. So the Democrats want protests and they want graffiti, but they don't want it all over the buildings. They don't want broken windows. They certainly don't want burned-up police departments and whatnot. But that's what you get when you give these anarchists a free reign. You don't have control over how much damage and carnage they, they can instill because they they're going to do it. These anarchists are going to do it. When you give them the okay, they're going to do it. But now we just witnessed in St. Louis a, a group of anarchists attacked a family in the Upper West End neighborhood of St. Louis. And that couple defended their home against these vindictive extremists. What's interesting is these are two civil rights attorneys that own the home that were rushed by dozens of vindictive extremists. And and these rioters, I should say, these these vindictive extremists crashed the gates into the into getting into the property. You know, they got on the private street and they rushed the house. Well, this middle class couple, these these two civil rights attorneys, okay, defended their house. Okay, what I thought was interesting was how the Pravda propaganda fake news portrayed them. I mean, they portrayed them as pulling their guns on people who were peaceably protesting in front of their house. I mean, of course, this wasn't the case, okay? I mean, these, these vindictive extremists went down a private road, crashed a gate, stormed into a yard and rushed this house. It was clear they had bad motives. Now, the police are viewing this, thankfully, as a fourth-degree assault by intimidation. There will be people going to jail, I'm sure, and that is what it looks like when you have law and order. 
Because once you start arresting these people, once you start putting them in jail, once you start enforcing the law, well, that breaks the back and the spine and the, the courage, if you will, of these extremists. It just does. Now, and they may still have a protest, but there's not going to be any of the carnage that goes with it, you see. The problem in New York, the problem in Chicago, the problem in these cities in Washington and so on, and yes, Seattle with the chop zone, is that you have the Democrats <clears throat> retreating from these extremists. They're actually retreating from law and order, from enforcing their law and order in their towns. They're retreating from protecting their citizens. They're retreating from preserving their communities. That, folks, is amazing. And what's even more astonishing to me is how poorly the fake news covers this. I mean, I'm blown away at this. It is absolutely breathtaking to me at watching how how phony, okay, I mean, how, how these fake phony news stories come out with these phony experts as they try to portray these protesters, if you will, as peaceful when the bur- when the buildings are burning in back of them and the cars are burning in back of them, when the foul language is flying all around the cameras and the rocks are being thrown and the water bottles are being thrown and whatever else is being thrown. You still have people in the fake news that are portraying this as peaceful. This is amazing to me, folks. I don't want to miss this. I don't want to miss this. And I think it's important that we understand this is all coming out of Democrat cities. It's all coming out of Democrat cities. And I don't want to miss that. Because to me, folks, that's the, that's the big issue. And where is this coming from? It's coming from the Democrats. Now, let's just take a look a little bit at what's going on right now. I, I, I do want to shift gears a little bit. I, I think, I mean, you look at what's going on here, even here in Pennsylvania, when these Democrats are, you know, and, and how they're responding to Governor Wolf's 17 weeks of shutdown. And I think what's really amazing is the obfuscation here in Pennsylvania. I mean, look at how look how the Democrats handle the COVID crisis. I mean, even in Pennsylvania, the website is not being used to inform anybody. And you go, I mean, you get a whole lot more from the CDC's website than you do the Pennsylvania Health website. The Pennsylvania Health website's like the ten thousand. It was the ten thousand foot flyover of COVID information. Now it's become the the 30,000 foot flyover. Anyway, I want to talk a little bit about uh, what's going on with, with Michael Flynn and the, uh, the Department of Justice and what's going on there. Now, the executive branch decided they had no evidence against Flynn, so they, they didn't want to charge Flynn, okay? They, they, they thought he'd been set up and they saw it. I mean, we, we've got the actual notes from pre, from Peter Strzok that he was set up. I mean, Peter Strzok said it. There was never a case. It was always part of a coup attempt to get rid of Donald Trump. And so the Department of Justice under the Attorney General said, you know what? <clears throat> we've ruined this guy for no reason. So we're going to drop the charges. <clears throat> well, the judge in the case, and Obama appointed 
judge, Emmett Sullivan. Well, he said, no way, you're not going to you're not going to drop the case. I mean, that that's just amazing to me. That's astonishing. After all, he doesn't want the attorney general determining what happens in his courtroom. So this goes to the, all the way up to the U.S. Appeals Court. And now the appellate court has ruled and they've granted Flynn's motion to, to force Sullivan to dismiss the case. Now, what is Sullivan going to do? I don't know. He might appeal this to the full Supreme Court. I, I should say to the full appellate court. I don't know. But what's interesting to me is Michael Flynn, for some reason, scares the well, it scares these people to pieces. They're they're terrified of this guy. <clears throat> you see, the reason he had. There was a reason they had to get rid of him. There was a reason they got rid of him. And when Trump named him on as his national security advisor, these people were terrified because, you see, Flynn knows where the bodies are buried. And quite frankly, he was going to do a complete audit on the intelligence community. He was going to do a complete audit on them. I mean, Flynn was well aware of everything that was going on and what they were doing illegally. <laughs> okay, in this coup attempt. See, as National Security Advisor, he would be privy to everything Comey, Strzok, McCabe, Page, you name it, everybody. He'd be privy to anything they were doing. He was going to uncover anything, including any atrocities they occurred that they may have they may have been guilty of, of doing. Over Obama's eight years in office, over Obama Biden's eight years. So they had to get rid of him. They had to find a way to get rid of Flynn convicted. They had to destroy the guy. Right now they're panicking because they're not sure how Sullivan's going to handle this. Will he do what he's told or is he going to push this to the appellate court with all the two dozen judges or so? I don't know. But there's a lot riding on this for the deep state. And Sullivan's pushing this off. I think it could be he's going to push this off again. I I, I mean, it's really what's evident to me and, and the evidence based proof that Sullivan was in on this. Is that he's pushing this through the appellate process. I mean, we, we have to think about that. I want our listeners, folks, just please, all of you just think about that for a moment. You see, the government points to evidence that the FBI interview at which Flynn allegedly made false statements was untethered to and unjustified by the FBI's counterintelligence investigation into Flynn. That means the interview was completely bogus, folks. It means it was tied to nothing. They had nothing. It was a total setup. That's what that means. McCabe had Strzok and another agent show up to interview Flynn without an appointment. They didn't call the White House Office of Counsel, which is standard protocol. They just sent these two guys over and Flynn thinks, well, I mean, we're all on the same team. We're all a bunch of friends here. I know these guys. I know who they are. They just want to ask me things about my, you know, about my job. So he answers their questions. And this was 
again, this was after internal discussions at the FBI that we know about, and, and they were asked, and they, they even asked each other, well, what do we want to do here? Are we trying to get him fired? I mean, what, what are we trying to do here? Are we trying to prosecute him? What, what are we trying to do here? They both stated after the interview they didn't think Flynn had lied. I think that's very telling as well. I mean, everyone knows this whole thing was bogus. This should have never gotten this far. But on January 4th, Biden was in the Oval Office. That's right. Sleepy Joe Biden was in the Oval Office with Obama, according to Peter Strzok. Biden said, let's look at getting him on the Logan Act. So Biden was the one that initiated, according to Peter Strzok's notes, Biden is the one that initiated getting Flynn on the Logan Act, which became the predicate for the investigation in the Trump's in the Trump campaign. And, you know, it's funny on Good Morning America, I should say. Horrible morning, America, with uh, George Stephanopoulos back on May 13th. Stephanopoulos was lied to by Biden when Biden stated he had nothing to do with Flynn being prosecuted. Don't miss that, folks. I mean, the media, what's interesting is Stephanopoulos kind of made like a, a little a feint at proper journalism when he asked Biden, well, there, you were in that meeting. And it was reported that, you know, you were there. And then Biden kind of backed up a little bit and kind of retracted a little bit and recoiled, said, I thought you were saying if I had anything to do with him being prosecuted. Folks, the unpacked truth here is that the January 5th meeting that Biden, again, according to Peter Strzok, Biden explicitly mentioned using the Logan Act to go after Flynn. What this means is that Obama and the Obama administration, right up to the top of, like to Obama himself, was involved in this, this Flynn takedown. The fact there, the fact is, folks, that there is evidence-based proof that Biden, it was Biden who suggested how to do it with the Logan Act. That puts him front and center along with Barack Hussein Obama, right there at the top tier of the people running this coup operation. This is not an insignificant thing, folks, but we have to ask ourselves, where have, other than here on the point today, where did you hear any of this? I mean, where is this really being reported? You have a handful of people out on the news that actually talked about this. But the fake propaganda networks, they're not talking about this. Matter of fact, the the fake experts that were declaring for three years that Trump was a Russian agent, well, they're all stone silent right now. As a matter of fact, all those fake journalists on all those fake news channels are all amazingly deafening, deafening silent right now. I mean, they are really, it's unbelievable how, how, how little journalism is taking place right now. This, this is tabloid journalism. They would rather talk about other nonsense, like, oh, I don't know, maybe uh, an alleged Russian bounty on our service members, which we'll get to in a moment. 
Folks, the FBI asked, what do we do with Flynn? I mean, then this is so telling to me. Because these two guys were, oh, what are we going to do here? What are we doing with them? Do we get them fired? Are we trying to prosecute? What, what's our objective here? And they were having this discussion the next day. I mean, why did we do this interview? We knew about the call. We knew everything on the call. We even said the call was fine. But on January 5th at the Oval Office, Strzok records that Biden explicitly mentioned using the Logan Act to go after Flynn. And Obama, according to Strzok, explicitly directed Comey and Sally Yates to investigate Flynn. And to use, quote unquote, the right people to go after him. I mean, that's really kind of like the, the lead aspect of the notes from, from Strzok that, that were released. Which now document this whole sham that I've been calling a sham for two years. The two years I've been on this show. That this whole thing was a setup from the beginning. And Biden was in on it, folks. Don't miss that. So what happens? Comey, Brennan, and Clapper, well, they go to the Oval Office. Or Trump Tower, I should say. They, they went and met with Trump. Okay? And they go to meet him, I think it was on January 6th. They went to meet Trump, and uh, they told Trump a bunch of baloney that was in the fake dossier. Now, this is what I don't want you folks to miss this at all. They briefed the president elect on something they knew was fake. Folks, this is treason. I don't know how else to just call it. This is treasonous. This was a bloodless coup attempt. The bottom line is Trump was cleared of all phony claims, and we know this. But I think the, the real telling point here is they knew the dossier was fake and they were briefing Trump on it. Why? Well, probably for the same reason we had intelligence leak out on this alleged Russian bounty on being paid to the Taliban, bounty on, on U.S. service people being paid to the Taliban. And we're going to get again and we'll get to that in a moment. But the same reasons are there. It's all about trying to tie Russian collusion around Trump's neck. And I want to miss that because this really is an important part of what I'm talking about here, folks. This is where the outrage that you're hearing from me is based upon. It is based upon the fact that media is absolutely silent on this. They're absolutely silent on the biggest scandal that's ever reached our ears in this country, a political scandal. I mean, this makes Watergate look like a, 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 a cutting in line at the amusement park. I mean, it really, really is a scandal, folks. And it proves categorically in my eyes and the eyes of many of our listeners here today that the Pravda propaganda phony media is an enemy of our republic and of our nation. And us. <laughs> Don't miss that. I tell you, I wouldn't get the time of day from these people. I wouldn't. I, if, they, if they told me the time of day, I, I'd have to check my, my, my clock. So Comey, Brennan, and Clapper told Trump about the phony stories as though they were verified. That, look, I'm saying it. I know I'm repeating myself, but I'm saying this. I am blown away by this. Where is the media outrage on this? Where is it? 
Comey, Brennan, and Clapper told Trump about these phony stories, pretending they were verified. Well, the media isn't reporting it because, yes, they, they reported it as though it was verified. That way they could leak it to the press. So the press got the story illegally. The press got the story illegally. Don't miss that. The phony story illegally and the phony dossier and the, forest, and the phony story came from the phony dossier. This is all treasonous, folks. Look, I don't know how to sugarcoat this. This is what it is. <clears throat> These people are looking to preserve their power at all costs. And again, you go back to the Russian bounty fake story. You know, we have to know that the Trump intelligence team is not going to waste time with unverified stuff. They just had an experience with the phony dossier, remember, okay? So there is no question in my mind that this whole thing that we're hearing now with the phony story of the fake intelligence of the Russian bounty of U.S. servicemen and women paid to the Taliban is just a continuation of this Russian meddling hoax that we're seeing and hearing on. But make no mistake on this, folks. The AG, Attorney General Barr, is outraged, and so are a lot of us. Believe me. They're outraged. All of us are outraged. And a lot of this is going to come out. The Bull Durham report will come out. All this stuff is going to come out. It's all going to come to a head. It's all going to come to a head. And when it does, the media will do what they can. <clears throat> I should say the propaganda media will do what they can to not report it. I mean, they're going to do that. I mean, we know that. But the malpractice that goes on every day, folks, the media just simply fails to report on the news. And I think what's really interesting, and I don't want, to, I don't want our listeners to miss this, the news is the news. The news is neither liberal nor conservative. The news is simply the news. So when a news agency that's licensed as a news agency attempts to obfuscate facts and truths, are they doing this because they think it's a better story somewhere else? Or are they doing this to shape a narrative? Folks, they're doing this to shape a narrative. And the evidence of that is if you miss the story on CNN, don't worry. You can pick it up on MSNBC. If you miss it on MSNBC, don't worry. You can pick it up on NBC or CBS or ABC. And if you're in the press, you're in the, in the, in the, in the, if you're in the, in the newsprint, if you will, and you miss it on the New York Times, don't worry. The Washington Post has it. Or some of these other papers in these other cities. They all, they all report the same narrative. And you know that because it's the same story. They're aligning a narrative, folks. This is what's happening. But but look, the, the, the good news is the public sees it. The public sees it. See, folks, the public will see, as people like myself continually harp on the truth. Comey told a lie. Comey and Brennan and Clapper told a lie to Trump. And they knew the Flynn Kisliak call, they were right, and they were legit. Even Comey said it was legit. 
Comey in his notes said that the Flynn Kislyak call was appear legit. Folks, you can see that so much was held from Flynn by the prosecution. This is another disservice to Flynn's, well, to his constitutional rights. The prosecution held so much information from his defense team. And it was held at the highest levels of the FBI. The fact that the calls were legitimate. How did did Mueller not know that? I mean, how did anybody not know that? I mean, my goodness. I mean, Comey was on all the news channels and Brennan, all they're posing as fake experts talking about the walls closing in on this Russian traitor named Donald Trump. And all along they knew that the calls were legitimate because he told Barack Hussein Obama and Joe Biden the calls were legitimate. That's how we know. And it was noted by, by Mr. Strzok himself. But for some reason, they they wanted to come up with some twisted way to manipulate a sham crime, a sham case against Flint, even though they were deemed, they deemed that there was nothing wrong and with any underlying actions of Flint. Folks, this should scare all of us into never voting for another Democrat. I I can tell you right now, or, or some Republicans, because I'll tell you flat, I mean, I, I, I look at this, I mean, that's why we have primaries. Because you've got establishment people, establishment Republicans, that need to, be, need to be primaried against. But the Democrats are unhinged with this phony propaganda, anti-Trump narrative. They're, they're unhinged with it. It's eclipsed love of country. But even guys like John Kasich, if John Kasich was to run for any office in Ohio, and I was to live in Ohio, I would hope that he'd be primaried. So I would have an opportunity to vote for his opponent in a Republican primary. Because all of these guys hate Trump and they're, and they're letting their, their hatred of Trump eclipse their love of country. That's why you see him on TV, Bill Kristol, a, a famous quote-unquote conservative pundit, is on TV. Well, anyway, McCabe saves the case. He saves the case from being dismissed the Flynn case from being dismissed. Why? Because there is an absolute effort, collusion or deep state conspiracy, however you want to look at it, that goes all the way to Obama and Joe Biden. This effort was not only to withhold information from the incoming president, which I am appalled at. I mean, Obama asked the question, what is it we want to tell Trump? Or what is it we don't want to tell him? Folks, that was said in a meeting. I mean, where's the outrage? I'm I'm blown away at this. Where is the outrage? This is evidence-based proof to me that these people are an enemy of the people. The the propaganda networks, they are. And I was happy to see that every Republican sided with Trump in this Kislyak call and the attempt to impeach the president, everyone, including Willard Romney, although Willard Romney got on him on one effort. I mean, I guess he he was a half a vote because there were two there were two articles and he voted yes on one, but no on the other. 
What's really compelling on this, every Republican believed that the Kislyak call was fine and that this whole impeachment sham led by Adam Schiff and the Democrats was nothing but a railroading attempt to get our president. Every one of the Republicans sided with him, including a handful of Democrats and one Democrat switch parties, folks, over this. So this is this is what it cost the Democrats. But the media, well, you wouldn't know that watching the news. Don't worry, because the news is going to keep that from you. The news is going to make sure that you don't get that out there. They're going to suppress that. You're going to, so if you're not watching the news clips every day, then you're not understanding that all of this sham took place. And yes, there is no outrage by the people presenting you the news. Because the next question you would ask is, well, wait a minute. You're the news anchors. You're the journalists. Where are you on the news here? Why haven't you reported this? Because as you ask the question, the answer then comes into your head. It's sort of like a rhetorical question that you really don't know is rhetorical, but you kind of know what the answer is before they answer it. You're asking these people, why do they keep this from the news? And their answer really is going to be astounding to you. If they're being truthful and they're hooked up to a lie detector test or something. A polygraph test or whatever. But the bottom line is, folks, if you ask the question, the answer you will get will bring you to the same point I am at today. That the Pravda propaganda networks are an enemy of the people of of this country. They're the enemy of our liberty and our freedom. And they are promoting this sham over and over and over. As I said, Obama withheld information from Trump and he asked the people in his meeting, what is it we don't want to tell Trump? This was noted, but not reported on the Pravda propaganda networks. Don't miss this. Well, look, I'm going to tell you, I think they went after Flynn because they know he's trouble for them. You know, and that Trump would find out about a lot of this stuff that was going on. That's what I think. They didn't want Trump knowing about it because Trump was an out of control person. He wasn't tied to a political party. So there was no consistent loyalty for the bureaucratic loyalty and the bureaucratic preservation system set up. There was no, there was no, there was no loyalty to the bureaucratic preservation society. Okay. I mean, when the incoming president, the incoming administration doesn't report wrongdoings and atrocities. Trump wasn't going to adhere to that. Trump was all about reporting it. So they were like, oh, my goodness, Flynn knows where all the bodies are buried. Oh, my goodness. Flynn is trouble. We can't let Flynn go. We we have to sink Flynn and Trump. This is all we got. Flynn is going to tell Trump where the bodies are buried. and He's going to put all this out in the news. This is what I think they were horrified by. This is why they had a meeting. I mean, everyone's thinking about leaving back on January 4th, 5th, and 6th. Everyone had the outgoing administrations going out, and they're looking at the transition with the new incoming administration. All this is going on in normal situations. But what's happening here is Obama, Biden, Comey, Clapper, and all these others, they're all meeting in Obama's Oval Office trying to figure out what not to tell Trump and how they're going to go after Flynn and how they're going to disrupt Trump's presidency. And how they're going to keep the truth from Trump and out of the news media and away from the American people. Folks, this is the atrocity that the proper, the proper propaganda is not reporting to us right now. But you're hearing it here 
on the point. I'm unpacking it for you. And I believe as you this is why you tune into us every week. So bottom line is, I mean, this is this is occurring. And this occurred. And I don't want us to miss this. This makes Watergate look like I said, like you're like you're like you're, you're stealing towels at a hotel room or soap bars. I mean, this is unbelievable. I mean, it looks like child's play. Watergate. I mean, this this is really incredible what they did to Trump. The central truth about this corruption is the abuse of power. Don't miss that. What is now known is the Obama-Biden administration directed the FBI, the CIA, and law enforcement intelligence to target their political opposition, Donald Trump. And they authorized wiretaps. They authorized spies. And they were going to spy on and tap the, the conversations of senior Trump advisors. And they spent the, they sent these spies and these wiretaps in to record and monitor political opponents. This is what happened. They intercepted phone calls to incoming national security advisors like Michael Flynn and others. The FBI fraudulently created phony evidence and they lied with this phony evidence on the FISA forms to get the warrants to spy on these people. They lied on these official forms by leaving out things like Carter Page's work for the CIA. I mean, had they put that out there, they wouldn't have gotten the FISA warrant. See, normally, like I said, you, you, you have people looking to get out of town but here they're meeting in Trump's office. And they're talking about surveillance of incoming national security advisor Michael Flynn. Don't miss that. We know that Sally Yates was the acting attorney general. She had no idea that the law enforcement was surveilling and targeting the incoming national security advisor. She didn't know. She was surprised that James Comey was briefing Obama and Biden on surveillance during the January 5th meeting. She, she was surprised that happened. That they were going to go after Flynn. She was surprised. But again, part of the deep state, she didn't care. She had no problem with it. And I think all of it, you have to, you have to understand, all of it is baked on top of the simple fact that they knew on February, on January 4th that they knew there was nothing wrong with Flynn's call with Kislyak. They knew it. And they were going to close the case. There was no evidence. Everyone was interviewed and there was nothing to look at. There was no case. Folks, don't miss it. I, I, I'm telling you, folks, this is unbelievable to me. This is really is unbelievable. I, I see this and I'm, I'm breathless over it. Now, here we have the inauguration, uh, January 20th. Susan Rice is upstairs. Since, now, she's not at the inauguration. She's not home. She's not on her way home. She's not having lunch. She's not having dinner. She's not out with friends. No, she's sending an email to herself. That's right. She was sending herself an email why is that, folks? Ask yourself that. That's obviously not common. Well, it was a memo saying, Dear me, 
The investigation of Michael Flynn is by the book. Let me be clear, it is by the book. And she mentions it several times that it was by the book. Look, this is a big indication that she was scared that something was going on that she didn't want to get blamed for. And she wanted to make a note that nothing, that, that, that as far as she knew, nothing was wrong. So she puts an email out to herself so the email could be called on as evidence that she wrote the email on January 20th. So even though like three years down the road, when they're bringing in and indicting people, she goes, hey, look, I wrote myself an email. Everything was being by the book here. I'm out of this. I mean, it's a big indication she was frightened and that she didn't, she, that she did, she knew she, that something happened that was wrong. She knew it. But the only reason she'd write the email is the next coming, the incoming team is going to find out that the FBI was turned into such like a, a personal research arm of the of Obama Biden, and they abused their power, and that there was nothing by the book after they determined that there was nothing wrong with Flynn's call, and there was no reason to go after Flynn. That's right. This was a personal attack at the behest of Obama Biden to go after Flynn because they were terrified of what Flynn knew. And they knew that that Donald Trump was not going to adhere to the Bureaucrat Preservation Society and which is I just made that up, by the way, it's a parody. I mean, it's, it doesn't really exist. I don't want people thinking I'm saying something exists. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. It's a parody. But it's, it's sort of like a. Uh, the Bureaucratic Preservation Society is sort of like the understanding, if you will, that they all turn a blind eye to the, to the way presidents worked in the past so they don't reveal all this sausage-making to the public. They knew Donald Trump's goal was to drain the swamp, and they just, they knew he was going to call them all out for it, and they were terrified. But what I don't want to miss on this is the media's response and the Democrats' response. Don't miss this. That's what I was telling you about the Democrats. The, the Democrats are uniquely infested, completely, 100% infested from head to toe with the deep state. They really are. I mean, even Democrats on the school board are going to be subject, subjected to the deep state, you know, deep state uh, involvement and pressures from people to vote certain ways on certain things because these people are all about protecting their power they're not about preserving the rights of people and you know I mean that's just the bottom line and it's both astonishing and really frightening okay but what's doubly astonishing and doubly really frightening is the media malpractice that leaves the story out of the story I mean, they don't give it to you, folks. I mean, that's I, I'm amazed that they're omitting these facts. I'm amazed at it. And, and you know, when Trump calls them an enemy of the people, that's exactly what they are. This is the story of the century. And they're not wanting to reveal that Obama and Biden were part of this whole corruption. They don't want to reveal it. This is an outrageous, absolute abuse of power. Don't miss that. And it's breathtaking to me, folks. I mean, I'm, I'm blown away by it. 
I just think that it's uh, it's amazing to me watching these people and watching how how they uh, seemingly uh, seemingly uh, abuse their power every day, and the media just covers it up every day. But they do. And we appreciate you tuning in right here to us here at The Point because you want to get the straight skinny, and that's why you're here. Folks, we, we're out of time. We appreciate you all tuning in. Tune in later uh, for The Watchman. We're going to be talking a little bit more about the uh, about Biden and uh, Biden's responses here. But also, too, I want to talk a little bit more about, you know, about what's going on in the world with the news out there and uh, Justice Roberts and the abortion law and, and the Justice Act, the Republican plan, and what the Democrats are really looking to do with Biden. I want to I want to report on that as well. You'll hear about that and much more on The Watchmen later today at 4.30. Thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in to us here today. We appreciate your being here. This is why we're here. Tune in every Saturday morning at 7 a.m. right here on AM Radio, 1180 WFYL. For this compelling, distinct discussion. Some of our audience listens to The Point live at 11AWFYL.com by clicking listen live there. Others go to the YouTube channel and search 11AWFYL at YouTube and then click listen live there. Others grab the podcast, which upload right away the same day. You'll see them later on today. However, and some of us listen live in the listening audience, in the listening area while you're in the listening area. However you choose to do it, we appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in. See you next week on The Point. I'm Clay Brees. Goodbye for now.